0: Hello and welcome to the STC Fit podcast. I'll be your host today. My name's Nat Jurich, and with me, I'll be joined by Ben Scott and Jason Galea. STC Fit are a group of coaches who provide premium coaching and education services to high achieving women who want to ditch the frustration and achieve the results they want when they want. On the podcast, we'll be discussing all things related to our five step method to experiencing total clarity in knowing how to achieve your goals, present and future podcast is brought to you by at stc fit for all your online and personal training needs if you enjoy today's episode please give us a share and tag at natjurick stc fit at ben scott stc and at jason Galia underscore stc hope you enjoy the show Welcome to this week's episode of the STC podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I do have a little important announcement to make. So those of you who are regular listeners um, or have been sort of following along with the socials would have seen my co-host in Amy Louise. It's moving on to new ventures, which is super exciting for her. And we can't wait to see what she gets up to. But of course, very sad for us and we'll miss having her around and i will definitely miss sharing the podcast with her so she's definitely left some shoes to fill and i don't think that anyone wants to listen to me on here by myself every fortnight just talking a little bit of shit. so we have called in the big guns in ben and jace and we'll also be alternating with uh guests every now and then um so we'll sort of just Play around with the way we are structuring that and you guys will get a little bit of everything. So today with me, I have got Ben Scott Benjamino. What's up, guys? How are we?
1: I'm good. I thought I would wear my... I know it's a podcast, but I've worn my pink hoodie just so I feel like I've, it's a slower, softer transition for everybody.
2: So like, I, like part Yeah,
1: it's gone from, yeah, the girls to, yeah, not so much the girls all the time. Um yeah, so the
0: girls, and the boys.
1: Yeah, so hopefully... Um, obviously a big shout out to Amy. Um, she's with us for, for five years. So good luck. Um, thanks for everything along the way. I'll uh, definitely, you. definitely be missed.
0: Left me with Ben and Jason. Yeah.
1: You've thrown <laughs> under the bus really, let's be honest.
0: I <laughs> feel like morph into like half female, half meathead now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Either that or you'll soften us both.
0: No, it's like if you and Jay's had a child, it will be me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You're not wrong about that. It's actually quite concerning. (laughs) Love
0: that. How are you going? How how are you recovering from your big deadlift session?
1: Yeah, good. Um, So yeah, we are feeling life at the moment, both of us.
0: Yeah, we are both doing the same thing.
1: Yeah. 18 days out. So yeah, my last heavy, well, probably my last heavy deadlift this morning equaled my all time best. So my brain is still functioning off a lot of caffeine right now, um, but my body is not. So we'll see how that progresses over the next couple of days.
0: What do you mean you're last heavy? Do you have next week?
1: Uh, so we'll see. Uh, more than likely, we'll just hit an open next week. Um, just see how everything's feeling. I um, want to try and force or push a little bit more energy towards my squat because uh, it's been on the back burner with a elbow injury the last kind of month. So... Try to drive some more volume there. Um, there's probably a little bit in today's deadlift, but not heaps. So I'm pretty happy to, to kind of leave it where it is.
0: Yeah. So if Ben and I say anything that sounds a little bit NQR, this is why over the next fortnight.
1: Yeah, definitely a solid chance of that happening.
0: What are we talking about today? We are talking about why not getting results? And I guess like the frustration around lacking results. Um, and we sort of want to put a bit of a framework out there for you guys. Just in terms of like how to bulletproof your outcomes um i guess just looking at the conversations that we have the clients that we attract um consultations that we have with new clients just sort of tend to see a lot of the same problems crop up um and i guess we try to facilitate what we can to um, move through them and provide the solutions that we need to to of course get you guys the outcomes um, that you're working towards so in terms of the three main problems I guess that sort of come up as a byproduct of, you know, that frustration. The first one would probably have to be just like total confusion and being really directionless on a macro scale with your training and your nutrition and I guess like everything that we need to do to get the outcome. Um, I guess like if you don't know what you're doing, you're either going to do the wrong thing or you're going to do nothing at all. So it doesn't really leave you in a a good place um, to be taking steps forward. Um, In terms of the second problem that we see, it's more so around that accountability. Um, So we're thinking intrinsic and extrinsic here. Um, Obviously, we talk quite a bit about goals and values and making sure that things are aligned. So, you know, from an internal standpoint, like we're able to do what we need to. But I guess one of the biggest problems that we see is just that external um, accountability as well. And like we hear a lot about motivation. We've been speaking about this quite a bit in our circle Um, you know, how we can sort of move away from motivation being one of the driving factors towards, you know, pushing behaviour that we need. Um, So, yeah, I guess like the accountability side of things is probably a really big one. Have you sort of seen that play out, Ben?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. Like with the intrinsic versus intrinsic variation, like we're coaches and we have coaches because we like that element of extrinsic motivation as well. Uh, or accountability, and even just sometimes like both the intrinsic side and the extrinsic side, being able to be objective about data. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about data a little bit more. It's something that people probably miss. When they're frustrated with their outcomes, there's no data points to actually reference back to. So the accountability side of things is like really it's just doing what you said you were going to do, and people obviously have fine challenges with that typically because it's, like, a shallow goal or whatever. But um, then obviously, like, who else is in your corner to keep you on on the right track? Most people are sort of looking for something just to... Usually it's, like, what's the Hail Mary? But they're searching for something to just, like, how do I do this day in, day out to the best of my ability?
0: Mm, yeah, you posted about that this morning, didn't you? About, like, this the circle? And like- yeah,
1: definitely. Um, with a... Yeah, who you hang out with is who you become. Um, So if you hang out with a bunch of people that don't train, like we're very fortunate that we hang out and talk probably too much (laughs) Um, that we get to have conversations about training and all that sort of stuff all the time. And it's just culture for us to, to train and push forwards towards outcomes and be objective about things. But if you're sort of in an office job and Karen's doing a juice cleanse and brad's doing the man shake and like someone else is gonna do a a fun run that is not fun to try and lose weight then it's like it it becomes very challenging to i guess stay on the path that you've selected um because you know all of those things are shit but it's like well, what's the right thing to do i don't have a really specific thing that i need to focus on Mm -hmm. whether it's this week this training block this year whatever
0: Yeah, I really like the idea of, like, accountability not just being in the form of a coach. Like, I think that that's something that we do really, really well. Um, And it definitely, like, you talk about the five people that you hang around, like, you become the most like. It's like, well, you know, if you want to hold yourself accountable, kind of having a look at, like, who's in your social circle, who are you spending your time with, what other content are you taking in? Um, And I guess just, like, yeah, the ability to, like, not be swayed by that shit.
1: I yeah, think. one of the coolest parts, I guess, about the internet age and the social media is you've got so much choice of who influences you. Like, if Tracy Grimshaw on A Current Affair pisses you off every night, don't watch it. Like, put something else on. Um, if you're getting, getting through about it. Yeah, like, if, you, if you're scrolling through social media and you find yourself, like, looking at these incredible physiques and stuff and you it's triggering you and it's like it's not working for you you don't have to follow that account you can find people that resonate with where you're trying to head what you're trying to do like I don't follow like insta like fitness celebs Mm. because it's like there's no value in that for me um so I think yeah like books podcasts um even like what you read and stuff like that with blogs and things like that you can plug into so many different things that allow you to create your own circle outside of say, necessarily like the friendship group as well. Like you're not, you're not stuck. Like you don't have to come and stay with Nat and I to be in this environment all the time. You can find that stuff elsewhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like the whole, like, who are you accountable to and why as well? Cause it's like, you know, are you pushing your own outcomes or are you pushing the outcomes of whoever you're hanging around and, Like I've done it before. Like you just start doing shit because other people want to do it and it's not really what you want to do. So it sucks. You end up in a really shit cycle. Yeah. Um, And then the third one that we've got is just being totally done with the generic approaches. Like we can list them. We'll be here forever. But it's just like that PDF. Again, everyone's doing it. It's the like latest, coolest thing that we saw on Instagram or the latest product that's been released or whatever it doesn't really address like what you specifically want to do as an individual. So again, it's just like being frustrated because you're not getting the result that you actually want to achieve. It's just, you know, a generic fat loss result or, you know, it's just not specific enough.
1: Yeah. I think the most common one at the moment is the the download PDF from said celebrity with X amount of followers or whatever that, that creates this authority. Um, and YouTube seems really popular as well. Like watching YouTube videos and following along with those, those as well. I think there's like a, a rite of passage for people when they start out at the gym, it's like, and I don't know if this reflects like what you did. It's probably what I did to be honest. Um, even as a guy, like trying to get massive, like started off, it was, went to the gym, found like four machines that the trainer showed me that I knew what to do. So it's like, I'll just do them every time. And then it was like, okay, now there's a little bit more stuff that I know, so I'll go and do that. And then it was like, okay, I've got a bit of an idea now. Now I'll just fucking smash myself two hours a day, six days a week, just obliterate myself and follow some. Like for me, it was a bodybuilding pro, like taking a lot of stuff that I wasn't, and I was wondering why I wasn't progressing.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, it was just burying myself for a, a good two years pretty much. And then after that, it's like, you know what? How do I actually do this for me? How do I actually find the best way, both like physically, mentally, emotionally, like what do I get the most fulfillment from? What do I get the most results from? Where's the right place for me to train? How many times per week is that? How much volume is that? What do I need to eat? What training style do I need to follow? All of those things started to be like, okay, I need to put all of these things in place. And then all of a sudden, like my goal for my first six years training was like get massive. And then I was like, I'm going to try this strength thing, started training for strength. And all of a sudden I put on like six kilos in in the first 12 months. Like, oh, okay. So maybe just training hard works.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because like it was literally the exact like like thing to thing was exactly what I did. Um, And it's probably really, really common. Um, And even like something I've sort of thought about recently is like when I started training, like, I didn't even know that the result was like that important to me. It was the feeling that I got from like doing everything. And like the result was just like, okay, that's a cool byproduct. Yeah. Um. So then in moving to a more like structured approach, like you lose enjoying the process in it just being this generic thing that you do where you just like smash yourself silly and like run yourself into the ground. It's like, that's actually not enjoyable. That's not why I started getting into this Cause like, I don't enjoy that anymore. Yeah. And then it's like, you almost come back to the, the thing that's going to get you the result and then you start to enjoy it as well. So you almost feel like full circle, which is kind of cool. Mm. Cool. So then I guess in terms of the biggest obstacles that we typically see branching out of the, the three problems, We've basically identified like five that come up time and time again and, like, we've looked at these for a very long time and we, we constantly, like, refine them and just, you know, sort of see how they're playing out at any given time so that we we make sure that we're identifying where you guys are struggling and, of course, you know, the best possible solutions that we can provide for that. So in terms of the starting point, like where things start to go wrong, we typically say it's with the mindset, it's like if we haven't got that right everything from there on out is sort of going to start to fall apart so you guys might have heard us talk about you know the fixed mindset um, previously but it just typically comes up as like the i can't or the it's because or the shallow why and i had a, actually had a consult this morning with someone who we talking about this and we always use lockdown as like the prime example so it's like if you can ask someone why did they get or not get results in 2020? And they're like, it's because we went into lockdown. Like that is the the fastest way to figure out whether or not you're sitting in a fixed or a growth mindset. Um, so I know, like you, you're you've pretty much driven this message for us in our team, Ben. So how do you sort of see that like play out with our clientele?
1: Yeah, I guess like the I can't thing is like that that growth versus um, fixed, fixed mindset. So when it comes across to, to our guys, like we run our events, like lift off, photo shoot, whatever else that we kind of do, or even just setting like, this is a timeline and this is what we're going to achieve in that timeline. And it's like, fuck man, I can't do that. It's like, I'm not, I'm not that good. I'm not that talented. I'm not that strong. I'm not that lean. Oh, no, all of your, when I got the other day, I was like talking to someone about the liftoff and they're like, oh no, they all look like pros. I'm like, yeah. you already meet the requirements to do the event. Like you're already strong. So it's just this disconnect um, and, and lack of belief. And even just like where you are now as a set point, that's the biggest thing of like the growth mindset. It's like where you are now, whatever it is, whatever factor it is, whether it's, in the gym outside of the gym whatever it's not fixed you can influence it with behaviors thoughts etc so it's a moving target that you can evolve and then like you said the lockdown things like that's that's just avoiding ownership it's like okay this thing happened and don't get me wrong I fell victim to it myself and had a couple of like probably shit months inside that time as well but it's When you look back at it, do you take that, oh, it's just because of lockdown or do you take like, yeah, I probably could have done more, but I let myself fall into this position. So taking ownership of it in my experience with clients, with myself, always returns a greater outcome. So for me, it's like people kind of put up the argument of like, yeah, but you have to sort of be understanding and like external influences obviously have an impact on behavior and stuff. It's like, I, I get it. That's cool. For me, I'm outcome focused and most of my clients are too. So at that point, it's like, well, what is going to give us the best, best outcome? Probably taking the mindset that I have total choice and control over the, this, I can do it if I want to and I choose to. So, I th- and I think that's just way more empowering, to be honest, than like it's COVID's fault that I drank a bottle of wine every night.
0: Yeah, I um, think the, sorry. Go I think the whole responsibility thing is the like when we look at, you know, growth versus fixed or like, you know, deflect versus taking ownership, it's like the inability to take responsibility for the circumstance. We say all the time, it's like you're not responsible for it. But no, well, what's the saying that we say? Even if,
1: even if it's not oh, your fault, it's still your responsibility.
0: Yeah, and if you can look at everything through that lens, it's going to change the way that you you behave and that you respond because I guess, like, the whole blame thing is where we fall into the trap and, like, going through conversations or, you know, talking to people and the first, quite typically, the first reason where it's like this is why I didn't get the result, it's always nine times out of ten going to be because of something else, you know, it's because work was busy or it's because, I've had family issues going on or it's because I can't afford it. And like these might always sound like legitimate reasons mm. and they typically do like they sort of hide themselves to sound legitimate. Like it could actually fall back on them. Um, so I guess it's like sort of up to us to then be able to take the next step and actually ask that question of whether or not that's genuine or not.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. Like we refer people to um, it's Jocko Willink's extreme ownership and mm. um, some of the stories in that obviously is set in a military setting and you're just like, Fuck bro. that's not like, that's totally out of your control. And you, by the end of it, you're like, okay, it's your, still your responsibility. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it's super powerful. If you guys do want to spin off and read a book on that, if you find you're struggling with that a lot, um, that's probably one that I would f- kind of pursue. The other one is um, the courage to be disliked. Oh,
0: I've read that one. Um,
1: I can't pronounce his name because it's Japanese.
0: And yeah. I'm not going to try. <laughs> um,
1: but it, it's it's really challenging. If basically, like every reaction you have to anything is your own choice. It's like it takes a little bit. I've had people read it and go, no, nah, that's a shit book. And then I've had people <laughs> read it and go, that's fucking awesome. So
0: I used to get into it because I was like, oh, is this is triggering. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's definitely a challenge. Um, but it, it ties in a little bit to that. Um, both of those really, the growth and the ownership, like how you respond in any situation is totally a
2: choice.
0: Yeah. And I guess like if we think about the repercussions of that, like you could still, I I guess we're not saying that you won't make progress sitting in a fixed mindset. Like you might make make progress, but it's just a really fucking painful way to go about it. Like (laughs) if we talk about enjoyment and fulfillment, like you're probably going to, it's going to take you longer to make the said progress on paper, but it's also just going to be like exhausting. Like it's just not an enjoyable way to, I guess, like look at life. Yeah. Um, so I guess in terms of problems, like that's up there with one of the biggest. And then if you don't enjoy it, probably not going to follow through with it and see long-term payoff. So yeah. just a big spiral.
1: Yeah. And I think those two are more prevalent combined with the third thing that you mentioned, which is the shallow why. Uh, like we talk about value-based goals a lot. So the concept of a value-based goal is not just saying, I want to lose 10 kilos in 10 weeks. Mm. It's like, okay, what are, what are the core things that I find important in my life? And then what things do I do to express them? And then we if you are listening to us, we assume you probably have training in the top three to five priorities in your life. So it makes sense that that really important thing should probably tick quite a few of those boxes. Um, From memory, I think mine hits like there's four four of my top five core values are expressed via training. Um, Obviously elsewhere in life, like it's not the only thing I have. Um, Yeah, like, um, yeah, but they, they are all expressed in the gym, which like days that you don't have motivation it's like, well, this is it, it's motivation's done.
2: Mm. Like
1: this is something that I find very important to me because I like growth and learning. I like overcoming challenges. I like expressing a work ethic. Like yeah. those core values that I hold true, motivation doesn't matter at that point. It's because it's not like I'm motivated to lose 10 kilos. Like that's yeah. that's that's, that's yeah, boring.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um when i was talking before about when i started training it was this without knowing that it was this mm. it was like i really like doing all of this stuff because i feel x y and z and was living into those values without even knowing the fuck a value was at that point but then reflecting back on it it's like we always know that if we're doing that and we're doing it in a well-structured manner like the result is a byproduct of behaving in that way so it's like why don't Why don't we look at that in terms of training? Like you do it with your career, you do it with your relationship, your finances, like everyone's aligning their values to that. But if what we're doing is truly in our top five, you know, or three um, priorities in life, then it makes sense to to make that same process here.
1: Yeah, 100%. It, It just, I think it just funnels into that, like outcomes thing. Like some people when they look at their values, maybe they find that like, I like training be from an integrity standpoint. It's like, I said, I would do it. So I'm going to go do it. Um, if you find that you have things like Nat and I that have just sort of expressed like <clears throat> things around growth and work ethic and challenge and um, all of those sort of things, like that you're going to be the person that's like outcome driven. It's not good enough to just go. So like if I'm going to put blood, sweat and tears into this thing, I want an outcome for it. Um, and I think that's who we sort of speak to is the people that are putting in effort and yeah. not getting the outcomes that they should for even just the same amount of effort without even turning that dial up. If you just directed that effort in a better place, yeah. you would start seeing results.
0: Yeah. And I think like the important thing to take away from this is that if you're not already viewing things in that way, like I sort of said, it was inbuilt without being aware of it for me but if you're listening to this and you're like i don't even know where to start how do i start thinking like that then coming back to the growth mindset thing it's like knowing that you have the ability to change that like you're not fixed in your personality in your behavior in the way that you think so like that's the first step it's knowing that you have the ability to change the way you're approaching this like full stop and then from there it's like where do we go to from here
1: yeah, I guess we've been exposed to the concept for quite some time, but the, the most succinct resource I would probably suggest to you guys is, uh, obviously, we have our goals resource on the website, so stcfit.com forward slash goal. Um, but from a book standpoint, Carol Dweck, it's called Mindset, um, is really, really valuable. You can get it on Audible as well, and it's a super quick, easily digestible read. Uh, And it unpacks that growth mindset side of things really, really effectively.
0: Yeah, agreed. All right. So that takes us to the second obstacle that we typically see. And this comes into like what's actually happening whilst we're in the gym. Like one result, we, you know, we need to make sure that what we're doing with our training reflects that. And I guess like the second problem that we see, biggest obstacle is just like, not knowing how to train for the goal that you want to achieve. Like it's just not knowing what to do, how to do it. Like I've been there. You just go in, you see someone else doing something. So you, you think you'll try it, but you don't actually know what you're doing. It sort of breeds this like lack of confidence as well. So it's like we're scared to go and do the things because we don't know if what we're doing is right. So there's just this like almost hesitation instead of going into the gym, like fully aware of what you need to do and with very clear direction it's just like you're sort of just pottering around doing a little bit of everything because you don't actually know what you should be doing
1: yeah you can almost see it on on like on a person too Mm so you can look at someone and be like hey you're really confident doing (laughs) leg press because your legs are very well developed but xyz is not so much um you, you can kind of see it really quickly and it's Coming back to like those, those main three problems, it's the con- the confusion and the directionless that comes from just an overexposure of stuff. Yeah. It's like fucking do this, do that. No, don't do that. It's unsafe. Like, can you round your back when you deadlift? Fuck, I don't know. Like, should I be squatting? Am I allowed to squat? It's so much information bouncing around all the time. Um, solicited and unsolicited from everyone <laughs> at all angles. So being able to, the vision that I try and explain to people is like, imagine being able to step into the door and knowing, we're going to talk about programming in a second, but knowing that everything you have to do today, you've got it. Mm-hmm. You know what to do, you know how to do it. And even if even better, you actually have strategies in place that if it doesn't feel or look right, you know how to fix it. Mm. And it's like you're. It's like we're talking about being bulletproof. It's like, fuck, man, that's... that's You walk a couple of inches taller walking into the gym when you feel that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think in terms of, like, the way that this just plays out with results is, like, if you don't know what you're doing and you're not confident, the likelihood of you working to a, you know, hard enough effort, or even knowing what effort you need to be pushing is pretty low. Like we talk about, you know, rep and reserve or, you know, having intensity measures or effort measures. It's like you don't even know what that is, what that looks like, what that feels like for you because you're so scared to do the thing because you don't know if you're doing it right. So we're probably never even training with the appropriate effort to get the outcome that you want. And like that's just going to leave you on the same like bullshit cycle, doing the same thing over and over again. Like I think um, – that confidence and the ability to push yourself with your training and be able to do that with an appropriate level of effort and intensity is so underappreciated. If you don't know what that looks like, and it just gets so missed.
1: Yeah, and that, I think that plays out in a couple of different ways too. Like, again, this overlaps with programming. But if you're if you've got like you have to reach a certain level of effort with your training. Most people, like you said, if they're not confident or if their technique is actually just not very good, they're training in what we would call like a skill acquisition zone. Yeah. So you've got like, say, six or uh, four plus, like four to eight reps in the tank. So you could complete another four to eight reps of that movement before you really got to the point where it's like, if I try and lift this again, I'm going to die. Um, which is like what we would consider failure. So most people spend their whole time in that space where really the outcomes that you're looking for exist below that. So getting closer to three, two, one, even zero reps left in the tank. And you can only do that if you're confident in your ability to perform the exercise, like even, even on something like a leg press, if you're not confident, you can, it's a pretty safe movement. If you're not confident, you can execute it well. You're not taking it to the point where it's like, fuck, how many more do you reckon I can even do here? Like this is getting this is getting hard. Like they're slowing down. Things are starting to like be really challenging. In the reality, that's where we need to be. But if you're not confident with that movement, it's going to be really challenging. And then we have piled on top of that, this movement towards like, like obviously you and I do it for a sport, but everyone wants to squat bench deadlift. Yeah. Everyone wants to do and, and glute thrust. It's like everyone wants to lift big weights and feel and look strong and everything that comes along with that and and 100% and in for that. But it's even further amplified if you don't know how to do those movements really well. Like you'll find you're leaving like either kilos and kilos or reps and reps uh, on the table there not knowing how to move
0: very well. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say just before you said that, that it's like a double-edged sword because it's like a group of people in camp A where they just can't train hard enough because they don't know what they're doing. And then there's like the group of people in camp B that are like way too confident, like they don't have any business in having a barbell on their back. yeah. And just running the risk of like totally annihilating yourself but like still not getting – like it feels hard for the wrong reasons. Like it yeah. feels hard because like your hips are fucked and your back hurts, not because you're actually moving enough weight to like elicit the stimulus that you want. So it just goes against the what you want to achieve in the gym.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what we're trying to achieve, like you said, is stimulus. So whether you want to get stronger, you want to build muscle, even if you want to get leaner, you obviously need to hang on to the muscle that you have. When you go into the gym, you need to stimulate those variables. What most people do, if they, particularly if they don't have good technique, whether they're leaving reps on the table or they're, doing more than they probably should based on their ability is they're just creating a buttload of fatigue
2: mm.
1: that they can't actually recover from. They've got all these aches and pains or they, they feel great all the time because they're not training hard enough. Like you said, it's one or the other in most cases. Um, and that's where like, there's this hangover of we've gone from not having an I'm old. So pre-social media, there was this thing of like, you just listen to the bro in the gym. Whatever they said is what they do now, and it was like squat with your feet parallel and toes pain facing forwards, and don't let your knees move over your toes. I those that hangover still kind of exists at gyms at, at still. Then there's this flip side now where there's this oversaturation of information. And you're like, where the fuck am I supposed to put my feet? Because yeah. this guy does it this way, this girl does it this way. I, where, am I supposed to stand wide for glutes? Like, where, what's happening? Um, so there's this like we said at the start, this this confusion and not knowing where to go. And all of those really are actually variables on yourself. Yeah. So it's knowing like the word technique, super vague.
2: Mm.
1: What, the, what is technique? Like we've gone down the road of, of defining it. And our definition is you move through a pre, um, predetermined range of motion. So how far you move is set for that um, entire movement according to the goal and the individual's morphology. So how you lift for strength in a movement might be slightly different to how you lift for hypertrophy in a movement. So the goal, or even if you're doing a lunge slash split squat or something, where you position the load, your torso, your hip angles, knee angles and stuff will vary whether you're trying to load quads or train the ankle or load the hip or um, focus on glute gains. Like all of those things are variable. So when we write down technique of split squat, it's got to consider those variabilities, which is, well, what are you actually trying to achieve? Then the next part of it um, is based on the individual's morphology. So you and I, if we stand next to each other and get the tape measure out, the ratio is between the length between your ankle and knee and your knee to your hip. Um, We've got Amy Rush and our team at the moment who we affectionately call Groot because she's just all limbs. We're not going to move the same and our squats are not going to look the same. No, no,
0: they're not. <laughs> so, <What? laughs>
1: yeah. So understanding how each, all of those things factor in. And I know a lot of people are going, well, fuck, where do I start with all of that? Um, we well, can go to stcfit.com and look at the squat bench deadlift tutorial. But having an understanding of all that stuff is the difference between when you're ready And you're like, you know what, this generic download or this YouTube video, it's just not fucking cutting it anymore. Yeah. This is the next step for you. This is where those outcomes that you're looking for are. It's in, takes a little bit of learning, takes a little bit of time, but you'll find, you'll actually probably find enjoyment with it. Like Nat was saying earlier, like it came full circle, but like. I can tweak this little thing. And all of a sudden I put five kilos on my bench or my squat or whatever. It's like, that's fucking mad. And you can really get involved in that process, which again, takes out motivation because it's like, I'm focused on tinkering with this thing and making it really good. I'm I'm not like like eight week challenging.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think in terms of like the generic approaches and training where a lot of people get undone is that They've had success with it in the past mm. because they're like a total beginner. So it's like you know, you're a f- complete beginner. You've never set foot in the gym before. We know that like you're going to adapt to like literally anything. You look at a weight and you'll be fine. And like I guess no one really understands the concept that that's going to sort of like wean itself off as you progress and as you become more proficient with training in particular. So like then we need to get a little bit more specific. So then I think people are just like butting their heads against a wall. Trying the same thing that worked last time, because like successfully exclusive. if it worked for me last time, why the fuck isn't it working for me now? But it's because you're different, like your starting point is a lot different to where it initially was.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like any skill that you practice, like hmm. anything you do at the start is going to work. And then you just need to refine it over time. It's it's you see it all the time with like training goals and stuff too, like people that are trying to like. Uh, having conversations online, it's like, oh, what are you training for at the moment? It's like, oh, I just want to build some muscle and lose some body fat. Like how long have you been training for? Uh, three years. It's like, good luck with that. Yeah. Like it's just, you need to focus on a thing and get good at the thing. Um, you, you have this holiday period of usually six months. Yeah. Um, and then after that, unfortunately uh, we actually cute. have to be a bit more specific. No, nah,
0: that's, that's where it gets fun. Cool. So following off from that, Um, in terms of training, the next thing that we need to look at is like, how do we know what to do in the gym? So in terms of the problem, it's just actually not having anything that dictates what you do in the gym. So there's like no program, there's nothing. Or again, if you do have one, it's just generic. And again, it's just like exercise selection that doesn't, you know, support you as an individual or the goals that you want to achieve. So it just comes back to like then we're in the gym training in a way that doesn't support the goals that we want. So then we don't ever get the result. So all these things just like link together. You can see how obviously they link together. It's like, if we get one right, it's almost inevitable that we get the rest right. But I think a lot of it, um, if we come back to being in the gym, it comes back to having a program.
1: Yeah, I think um, maybe just like, it's a good place to start with that exercise selection thing coming off, talking about technique from an in-depth standpoint. It's like, if you don't have the strength coordination, confidence, maybe um, for, for whatever reason, you can't perform a particular exercise to that level that we spoke about. So taking it to a reasonable proximity of failure, you can get in there and just try and work at it and work at it and work at it and end up like that said, sore backs sore hips or elbows, whatever it is. Or you can select an exercise that you can. And that exercise usually will be complementary to you being able to do the other exercise, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. So an example of one of my favorites is like people that sit down all day really tend to have trouble with like putting a bar on their back and squatting. The hips are just like, nah, bro. And their ankles are typically the same they're just all jammed up and moving through that pattern is just too much for them to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Or not two weeks out from comp. (laughs) So one of my favorite regressions from that is like a a double kettlebell resting on the shoulders um, variant of kind of like a front squat, just puts you in a really nice position to allow you to move through range for the hips and people are like, Oh, I want to squat. I'm like, I promise if you do this for six weeks, maybe eight weeks, maybe 10 weeks. When we eventually put you back under the bar, you'll be stronger without all the niggles Mm. at that point than if you just tried to continue to squat all the way through. And not only that, you're actually getting a training stimulus. Most people, even like you and I have strength goals. Um, I'm confident enough to put my hand up and say, I would still like to look okay naked. Like that's still a goal of mine. I still like to have big legs, big glutes. My arms are tiny because I don't train them. And that annoys me. So even if that's your pursuit, it's like, you're still going to build some muscle. You're still going to look a little bit better. You've got a higher output. So if your goal is fat loss, that's going to help. There's so many things just within that exercise selection part that's so important and so often missed because it's like, oh, well, such and such fitspo can do it. So Mm -hmm. that's what needs to be done to get the results. Like That's not actually how it plays out.
0: Yeah, this one really comes back to like that, being directionless and confused. And it's just because like, we don't know what's available to you. Like I know I personally didn't know all the progressions and the regressions that I could have done instead of using a barbell. So then certain exercises get glorified on social media. Everyone wants to be doing them. So we just end up doing what we think we should be doing even though it's not actually appropriate. So like the confusion thing is huge and it's just like a lack of awareness, a lack of education. A lack of understanding on what's actually available to you to take you towards goalposts. And it doesn't look a certain way for everyone.
1: Yeah, I think maybe the, the best example of what happens with poor exercise selection that people be familiar with is CrossFit. Yeah. You speak to most people about CrossFit and they say, oh, it just fucks you up, you get injured. Mm. It's like CrossFit itself is actually, particularly if you read the manual of how to program CrossFit. It's actually decent, and I don't mind it as a sport. I find it quite entertaining. I'm just a metal tin man that can't actually put his hands over his head. (laughs) Um, But what happened there was like, oh, well, we'll take people who, like me, can't get into that position and be like, okay, let's do the most complex exercises possible, like a clean and press or a snatch, and then wonder why you're beat up. It's like that's poor exercise selection. The, the idea of a CrossFit program is probably okay. It's just like that exercise selection was really poor for that individual if they weren't able to access those ranges. And I think that's created a whole impression of what CrossFit means to people. So yeah. if you're following that same process in your training, you're essentially doing the same thing with your, with your own training.
0: Yeah, so CrossFit just breaks people. Yeah, That's what the yeah, is.
1: when really poor exercise selection breaks people. So, if you're
0: people do that anyway,
1: <laughs> yeah, it, you yeah. can be bodybuilding, powerlifting, whatever it is, running. If you're doing it poorly, you'll get
0: hurt. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that gets missed or that I'm seeing get missed at the moment with programming is just like that specificity, yeah. where it's like. I don't know. I'm pretty sure actually I was thinking about this recently. You asked me years and years and years and years ago when we first started talking on Instagram, I wasn't even a fit coach. You asked me what my goal was. And I remember like, I didn't even know what it was. I was like, I don't know, (laughs) but that's what happens. Like if you don't know what your goal is, then how, how do you know that what you're doing in the gym is moving you towards that? So again, it's like have the goal of hypertrophy, but going into the gym, doing like a single hip thrust, maxing out on your, yeah, glute bridge, like what the actual fuck are you doing? Like it just doesn't make a sense. A sigh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, really, but it's like then coming back to just not knowing what your specific outcome is and the fact that there's going to be a different path towards that based on what that is. Like um, having recently done the programming module in BCP, it's like, the concept that there was a different program for like strength and a different way of programming for strength in comparison to hypertrophy was mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of the girls in there. And I think that commonly looking at, you know, the people that we would be reaching on the socials in the same boat, yeah. like there's no awareness that a program's going to look different based on what the goal is. So we have to be really clear on what that is so that what we're doing like accentuates that.
1: Yeah, I guess a little note on that is like, both people, whether your prime outcome is going to be strength long-term or physique long-term, you actually need a skill set to train both.
2: Mm.
1: You, like the the strength athlete is going to do a little bit of physique worth to try and build some muscle and, the, and vice versa. Once you, you need to add more weight at some point, there's probably going to be a strength box for a physique athlete as well. Um, but, yeah, like looking at programming, like we, we've touched on exercise selection, Exercise selection is one part of it, but exercise selection goes into a program made up of lots of other stuff. Yeah. So there's lots of variables that we consider when we program that we consider to be the fundamentals of programming. So the main one is going to be volume, which is really just how much work you do. Um, volume usually needs to have some kind of consideration to intensity. Now, when people hear intensity, they think like half puff, sweaty, like a CrossFit workout. Um, we're doing an ad for CrossFit somehow today. Um, like a spin class. Fuck, I haven't done one of those for like 10 years. Um, walking out of a session that was really hard and crawling into your car covered in sweats like that workout was so intense. It's probably actually the opposite of what intensity is. Yeah. Uh, intensity in our world is how close you are to your one rep max. So it basically means how much load's on the bar. So then we need a consideration from if you're lifting um relatively heavier loads you probably can't compete as much volume then we need to consider uh proximity to failure like we're talking about if you are new to squatting we're probably not going to push you to failure just yet because you just break we might need to actually have a deliberate skill acquisition phase um okay so volume intensity proximity to failure Frequency is the other one. How often are you training overall? And then how often are you training either, like you said, the difference between, typically the difference between strength and physique work is how you track that. So in in strength, we usually look at movement patterns. So how many times do you train a squat movement throughout the week, uh, squat, hinge, uh, press and, and pull versus body parts, like when you train quads, hamstrings, glutes, etc that that foundation will has so much variability in it and so much personalization in it that you can play with to find what works for you as an individual that these generic programs that people are, are looking at it's the main reason why they fall down
2: mm-hmm.
1: all those variables aren't considered and they aren't considered in relation to you and what you're trying to achieve not even like, I want to get leaner and stronger. Like, what are you actually trying to achieve in this six weeks? Mm. So we're in a peak right now. So what we're doing now would actually be fucking terrible 12 weeks ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's it's understanding when, why, how, and then considering all of those variables. Yeah. I was
0: talking to someone the other day and they were saying that, the way that their program structured, it's like every eight weeks they're doing triples. And I was like, how's that feeling for you on your body and your life? Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, like it's all right, it's all right. And I was like, well, like let's just have a think about this logically. It's like there's going to be a time and a place to do, to be in certain rep ranges and certain, you know, intent, intensity parameters. And it's like we probably don't want to be doing that all too often especially if it's like, you know, you're not getting on the platform in three weeks' time. Mm. So, I, yeah, I totally think that just like the awareness and being able to manipulate those variables for a specific c- circumstance um, is definitely one that gets missed and gets a lot of people undone.
1: Yeah, I was talking to someone during the week that was, uh, I think she pulled 120-ish. Um, I was like, oh, it's sort of getting close to, body weight and she's like oh our no, body weight's like 140 i'm like yeah but it's there you can see that it's there but she does singles every single week yeah it's like do a, a proper like decide i'm gonna peak for what's gonna happen in 12 weeks time now you probably pull 160 170 yeah. <laughs> like there, there is an old school sort of like thing where like the old school powerlifting programs used to be do 12s do 10s do 8s do 5s do threes, compete, repeat. <laughs> like, and that was just a cycle. But we know a bit more now. We've got a little bit more access to information. We understand the different responses that we have to different rep ranges and loads, et cetera. So we can be way more specific about these things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's like you've been using a PDF program for five years. You don't know that you can be intentional. You're just like, I get this mm. thing. I don't know how it works, why it works. I just do it. That's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and such a low percentage of people in the gym do it. Yeah. And it's like it, it, even like what trips me out is like the, the, the biggest guy or, or the fittest um, girl in the gym is usually the person that you go to to like, okay, well, that's the standard. I want to look or lift or whatever, like him or her. Most of those people look the same. Mm. They had some level of genetic potential. And then you'd actually never see them progress. And the ones that do usually actually take care of the variables. Um, Like I've I've trained in health clubs and stuff and it's like you go in there the first month and like, fuck, this guy is a monster. And then six months later, you're like, he looks exactly the same. Yeah. And he still looks exactly the same and he's still doing the exact same program. It's like maybe he's just happy with where he is, but because I walked in and said, fuck, he's massive. Yeah. Yeah. But like. (laughs) hey, imagine if you just kind of put some things in order and you could actually still make progress. I think that's a trap people fall into. It's like someone looks like X and they train like Y, so I'm just going to do Y.
0: Yeah, or even getting success with generic approaches, but Mm. not knowing that you could have better success. Like like you could be capable of more, but you're just happy with like slim pickings and like just taking what you can get. But if you wanted to push, like you could... Totally be capable of getting that result in a way faster time period as well. Like, why wouldn't you? It's no brainer.
1: Yeah. I think all these lessons carry over to like the next, like we call them pillars, obstacles, which is nutrition.
0: Mm. Yeah, 100%. It's again like the message on social media or wherever you're hearing it on how to eat. It's just like we're not getting our information from a Place that is viable everyone's doing everything in the same way again forgetting that we've all got very different requirements and then just getting frustrated because we're going around in circles like it's the exact same concept played out just to a different pillar
1: yeah 100 percent um it's it's weird i always like to look at like where stuff comes from like on a historical standpoint maybe it's again because i'm on Um, but like 30 minutes,
0: come on. Five years older than me, not even four.
1: It's like this attitude of eating like a model, which, in my experience, at least in my like bubble that I exist, most girls I speak to don't want to look like paper thin models like they did in the 90s, early 2000s. I want to look like athletes. Yeah. So there's this hangover of like, fucking eating lettuce and ice cubes to try and look like X when they really want to look like an athlete, but they just don't eat like one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, where would you even know that that's available? Like, again, it's just not knowing that there's another option outside of X. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. And it's like all of the, even like food marketing, evolved over that period where now it's like if you ask someone what healthy is put two like plates of food in front of them typically it's going to be the lower calorie one and if you ask them why it's like oh like maybe they're talking about micronutrients and stuff but it's healthy is a really relative term Mm. Um, like my healthy compared to your healthy are very different things not that my diet is probably overly healthy for anybody (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's the consideration that of like, yeah, I eat a packet of lollies when I train. Yeah. that probably shouldn't do that. Cause she's almost half my body weight. It's yeah. like probably not going to go so well for her. Yeah. Um, and we have this conversation all the time, like with you girls, like I wish I could eat the way you do. It's like, you're going to eat like me. You have to accept the neck rolls. And most <laughs> people aren't willing to do that. So I think, yeah, coming back to seriousness though, like you need to understand If you're a small human, you probably need to eat a little bit less. If you're a larger human, you probably need to eat a little bit more. And if you train like an athlete, it's probably beneficial to eat like one and then start to consider like, okay, well, what does it mean to eat like an athlete? Like, you know, athletes probably eat more protein than Janet who sits at the desk next to you. So that's probably a good place to start. You know that athletes probably consume more um, carbohydrates than the average person because they use them. Like how, much, how many times have you heard like when you're at family dinners and stuff and you eat like an arsehole and they're like, oh, it's fine. She'll, she'll burn it off mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. It's like that mentality of like, well, they're, they're actually using as much as that's probably an incorrect statement, the concept that yes, they're using more energy makes sense. Yeah. And then it's at the end of that, it's like, well, cool. If I'm going to perform my best, I probably need to be healthy Turns out fat's actually really fucking important to being healthy, particularly as a woman. Maybe I should make sure I have that in my diet as well.
0: Yeah, I think with nutrition, it just comes back to the ability to like put everything that you're doing into some form of like context because a lot of what's being done right now is without context. Like no one knows why the fuck they're doing what they're doing. They're just doing it because everyone else is doing it. But then again, it's like, for what purpose? Like if you do have strength goals or you do have the goal of building muscle mass cycle, like, well, looking at it through that lens, what needs to happen? Like, do you need to eat 1500 calories? No, you don't. So being the ability to then be able to apply some logic and contextualize what you're doing because what makes sense for you isn't going to make sense for the next person. And again, like coming back to the whole like lunchroom thing, I had one of my clients, just like I'm sitting in here listening to everyone else talk about their diets right now. She's sitting on like 2,700 calories. And she's like, everyone else in there is like crying that they're trying to eat, you know, 1,400. They're double my size. And I'm like, again, it's just context and knowing why you're doing what you're doing because you're not stressed hearing that. And well, full well knowing you're eating like double what they are because you know that it's for a specific purpose. So I think that's, yeah, just that education as well. And again, the awareness of like what else is available to you.
1: Yeah. And then what comes with that is what we talked about at the start. So we talked about like walking into the gym, you know, technique and you've got a program and you walk that a little bit taller. Like I know exactly what I fucking need to do today. Nutrition is the same thing. It's like mm-hmm. there's, if you don't have a plan, particularly if you don't have like a plan that's accompanied by data, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I'm just fucking guessing. And then I'm basing my, results based on what I see in the mirror which is totally distorted based on how I feel and how much water I drank the the day before or where I am in my cycle it's like totally all over the place versus this is what I need to do right now and this is the outcome I expect Mm. if that outcome isn't where I need it to be I know exactly what I need to change to move it closer in the direction that I want it to be Mm. so if you have that if you have the ability to walk in and know exactly what you're doing with your exercise, have a program that you know is going to deliver the outcome and know exactly what to eat, why, and what to change if you need to based on the goal. Fuck man. Like you talk about bulletproof, like that's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it sounds when you lay it out like that, like, it's like, why the fuck would you not? Like, like, (laughs) why wouldn't you? It just makes so much sense. And then I guess like the last thing that we look at comes down to how you manage all of that in conjunction with your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I guess when we when we look at lifestyle, it's not so much all of the other things outside of training. It's like, what can you do to, to maximize your performance and to maximize your results? Because again, looking at all of the other things, like we've all got other shit that's important that we need to juggle, whether it be family, whether it be career, relationships, like whatever it is, full well knowing that what you want to achieve and your result is up there in terms of priorities. So how can we manage all of the other plates to work with us rather than against us so that we still get the outcome that we want without having to compromise some of the other things that, you know, we still want to be able to enjoy.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's really interesting. Like obviously we attract people who are outcome driven and they're not just outcome driven in the gym like the the old thing of like be better than you were yesterday that's a that's a like an identity thing that's not just like how you approach your training for some people it is but most people that flows onto into other areas of their life like you said career personal development relationships all of that stuff like they want to progressively get better at everything that they do that comes with it a certain amount of stress comes with a certain amount of time input so we need to obviously not forget. And the lifestyle thing actually plays into all of those other areas of your life, not just training. It's like, you can't, it's really challenging to get better at stuff. If you're not sleeping enough, if you're not unwinding enough, if you're not managing um, recovery, all of those areas, not just in the gym, but like try and learn something new and then don't sleep and call on it the next day. Yeah. So whether that's something new is how to squat or it's something in your job or it's a book, like it's not there. That's how the brain works is why we sleep. Mm-hmm. So having, again, awareness of that actually being a thing that it matters mm-hmm. um, and then structures in place that allow you to manage it uh, is super, super important to like that, that big problem we talked about at the start. It's like frustrated with your lack of outcomes and lack of results. sometimes this pillar is the one that needs to be addressed.
0: Yeah, I think, sorry, with a lot of the clients that we attract, like that type A perfectionist, like all, like we go balls to the wall all the time, it's almost rewriting the old narrative of like that hustle culture, more is better, like I'll just run myself into the ground, I'll sleep and I'm dead, like all of that shit that once upon a time was maybe put on a pedestal it's now starting to look at things in a more logical fashion and look at how they relate to the other things that are important to us getting the outcome that we want and actually thinking, well, that's pretty fucking stupid. Like, why would we not want to be sleeping properly?
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. It's like you can take like the Gary V fucking get up hustle kind of mindset or the way I would describe it is maybe like maturity and all of this is like, it's almost a maturity approach. Yeah, It's like mature your mindset, mature how you approach your training because you're going to have to learn and take some time with this stuff. It's not just like, okay, guys, here's like the perfect program, one piece of paper because that's what we're saying doesn't work. Whereas at the mature approach to lifestyles, like um, I think listening to Elon Musk talk actually, and he was on, on Joe Rogan. He was like, oh, how much do you sleep? Mm. He was like, I make sure I get six hours every night. It's like, oh, okay, I expected you to say less. He said, I tried four and it didn't work. So, that ability to say, like, well, four hours actually reduced my productivity, which means he has some kind of awareness, maybe some data that allowed him to look at that and go, you know what? I'm not progressing as fast as I can, or I'm not as effective as I could be. He's obviously gone, look, eight hours. He's an older guy, he doesn't train. He just works, <laughs> probably runs all of the stimulants as well. I can get by on six hours and still be productive and I'm better off being awake than sleeping those two hours. Yeah. But it, yeah. the the lesson to learn there is here's the one of the most successful dudes in the world didn't just decide, yeah, I can fucking keep working on 4 hours sleep. It's like, no, no, no. What makes me the best? I'm yeah.
0: going to do that. Yeah. And like when you have all the other things on lock, like your training, programming, your nutrition, you can then start to like identify when things are falling apart and why. Cause like, if you don't have any of that, it's like, is it my training volume? Am I training too much? Am I not eating enough? Like why the fuck do I feel like shit? Whereas when you've got all of that ready to go and then you have five hours sleep and you wake up the next day and you feel like shit, you're like, yeah, that was because of my sleep. It wasn't because of anything else. So then you actually know what you need to change rather than just being like, fuck, why do I want to like die right now? I feel like, shit, I can't do anything. I am not can't function like a human.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there's coming back to like the programming side of things we talked about, one of the variabilities being volume. All of that stuff is to manage your ability to recover from trading. So if you're at a point where it's like, the only thing I can really do now is do more, but every time I do more, I break. Maybe you're not even aware of it. It's just like you go balls to the wall for three or four weeks and then something hurts and you have to have a week off or a week where you're like working around shit or a month where you're walking around some niggle and training isn't actually as effective as it should be. There's a good chance that getting your lifestyle stuff in order will actually allow your, it'll push that ceiling up for you, allows you to do more work, which if you can recover from, means faster progress as well
2: yeah yeah um,
1: the flip side of that is identifying that if you've got your lifestyle shit in order and life is just hectic <laughs> at that time you've you know now nah, I'm I'm sleeping as much as I possibly can I'm doing all the other recovery stuff that I need to I'm eating well but I'm just like the data suggesting that my, motivation's lo- my motivation to train is low, my digestion's poor, my perceived stress is high. Like, okay, maybe we actually need to consider doing a little bit less right now so you can progress rather than just burning yourself out and probably getting an injury at some point or just fucking hating train. Yeah. So it's super valuable in both directions. It allows you to know when to go harder and when to actually back off so you can get continual progress over a 12-month period, not 12 days.
0: Yeah, I think of it just as like a contingency plan. It's like if what we're doing isn't working, then what are we going to do? And mm. like for a lot of people without having all of this down pat, it's we, we stop. And then yeah. we have to go back and start again. Yeah. Cool. All right. So in terms of like what we can expect, like we've kind of just like wrapped this up for you guys. Like it's a bit of a no brainer. Um, in terms of what you can expect with outcomes, having put all of this stuff and all of these foundations down um, and applying it. Like number one, we know exactly what to do when it comes to training and nutrition and all the other stuff. Like we just spoke about lifestyle. It's like, you know what to do when you don't sleep enough. You know what to do to improve your recovery. Just makes like the whole decision-making process. Yeah, Checking
1: checking yourself on like your mindset, how the internal language and stuff.
0: Yeah, it's just like a total system. In terms of what to do when things don't work, there's like there'll be a point where they don't work, and then it's just like total clarity in what the actual plan is for X goal at any given time, yep. which I think is like you just you'd be stupid to approach it in any other way. Um, next to that is just belief in the process and and yourself in that as well. Like, what if you knew what to do? Why wouldn't you have belief? And like I kind of spoke about that trusting the process concept this morning, actually. And it's like, well, if we don't have a a process that's fundamentally and principally sound, how can we trust it? So when we have all of this, we've got belief in the process and in our own ability to execute that, which is really important. And then again, it's just in that personalised method, full well knowing that everything that you're doing is like specific for you, not for like Nikki across the road or whoever else is going to be picking up. The program that you're you're trying to like apply to yourself.
1: Yeah, I think the only other thing there is, is it's you've got that belief in the process yourself, and also your ability to refine things when it's not working. Mm. I think that's one thing people don't actually think about. It's just like, no, I'll do this, I'll get a result. It's like, what do you do when it stops? Mm. What do you do when fifteen calorie fifteen thousand calories a day stops working? What do you do when you have to change from five days to four days of training? What do you do when your squat plateaus? Like knowing all of that stuff and having that tool toolbox to call on in terms of like being able to sustain getting results for a long period of time, set a goal, achieve it, set a goal, achieve it, set a goal, achieve it. Mm-hmm. Like that—that
0: that is where it's at. Yeah, when we look at the the big win here, it's like, what we're actually achieving is like clarity in knowing how to achieve your goals now, but also like forever. It's like that process doesn't stop and full well knowing the type of person that would be listening to this, or, you know, if you're a client that is working with us, it's like, we value this. It's a top priority. So we don't necessarily ever want to stop on that trajectory towards being successful and like feeling achievement, fulfillment. So it's like knowing that everything that you're doing is going to contribute to that which I think is why a lot of us are doing this in the first place.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: So I think it's a pretty good place to leave it.
1: Yeah. I'll just, I'll throw in a few resources for people um, before you sort of do the close out. So um, from a, a technique standpoint, I think it's on sccfitlearning.com forward slash SBD. You can go check out the squat bench deadlift tutorials that I mentioned earlier um, from a programming standpoint, we do have a couple of episodes on that as well. Uh, we just did one on the STC fit learning podcast. It is obviously directed at trainers. It's a little bit heavier. If you guys want to go balls deep on that stuff, uh, nutrition, we have the macro guide on the STC fit website. So it's stcfit.com forward slash macros. I'm pretty sure, but you'll be able to find it in resources anyway. Um, and then we have a ton of blogs on mindset, realization, um sleep all that sort of stuff as well if you go onto the articles section on the stc fit website you'll be able to find all of those if you can't find anything just um shoot the stc fit instagram or dm we'll get them to you
0: yeah plenty to keep you guys occupied yeah cool so if you love this episode uh please take a screenshot of the podcast and share it to your instagram tag us at stc fit you can find me at nat jurek stc fit and ben what is your handle
1: At Ben Scott, STC. That's it. You sure? Yeah. I always go to say fit. I'm pretty sure it's just STC.
0: I feel like you need to add it.
1: I'll come up anyway.
0: (laughs) Thank you guys for listening and we'll be back in a couple of weeks.
1: Thanks, guys. Bye.